Chris just shared with me that he said he gave me the hardest job of the day is to get everybody to kind of get back in their seats. <laughs> I'm glad to be able to share with you again. I just wanted to say, uh, you know, when, well, thank you for the music this morning and the prayers, and uh, uh, we're always so, so glad when we can, we can worship with you, and uh, uh, God does some great things in us. Um, and uh, we're going to look at a, a very interesting uh, chapter today. You've got in your bulletins Romans 12, verse 1, which is probably one of the most well-known scriptures from the Apostle Paul. Uh, but we're going to look at it a little bit differently today than, than how you might think of it. Um, uh, Barbara and I have, have, have enjoyed these past, well, it's been about three years. We keep coming down here, and we're going to be down here full-time next spring as we expand the Life Changers Counseling Ministry down here as well, and of course, hang out with you all and our, and our family as well. Um, it's August. Uh, yeah, we kind of know that now, and it's, it's still hot. And it's, I'm from uh, Illinois originally, a little town, and it was the county seat, and we had the, August always meant the county fair. I don't know if you've been to those little counties. and They had the pigs to, on display and maybe some chickens and different things. The thing I always liked was the midway, right? The rides and maybe the games of chance. You try to get that thing to get that treasure and uh, the, throw the balls and knock those bottles over that never seemed to go down just right. The thing I liked probably the best of all was bumper cars. You remember the bumper cars? You drive that. They probably don't. Uh, they're probably unsafe today. I don't know. But but we drive those bumper cars, and me and a couple of buddies, we try to drive along, and then smack into somebody else, and then drive along. And uh, we have modern day bumper cars. I noticed it a couple of weeks ago at Costco. I was driving along. I was getting bumper cars all over the place. <laughs> um, bumper cars are great, and they're really fun, but. Life isn't really meant to be bumper cars, would you agree, where you just go solo through life and every so often you smack somebody. <laughs> Sometimes it seems that way, but that's really not what we're intended, especially us among the body, among our families. And I like to think of that here as we look in Romans 12. Uh, let's look at the first slide there, 12.5. Uh, so in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Well, by the very words there, I hear the word relationships, how we belong to each other, right? So it isn't just a bunch of solo individuals going around and occasionally bumping up, but we belong to each other, and that's what I'd like to look at today. And actually, relationships need to be fundamentally different because of being in Christ, what God has done for us, and that's what we're going toward how we relate with each other, how we connect with each other, that we're not islands and Christianity is not a solo sport, right? It's in community. Uh, a few years ago, I wrote a book called Radical Relationships. It was primarily about marriage, but I think it also applies to larger ones. Radical relationships that we are called to overcome are perhaps natural thinking and individuality, and our own nature, and think about radically relating fundamentally different than maybe what we've observed growing up, or maybe what we observe out there in our society. Let's first look at the setup, and you've got it in, in your bulletin there. Uh, verse 1. In fact, let's read it out loud together, where it says, therefore. Ready? One, two, three, go. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You're very good readers, so thank you. Uh, Our proper sense of worship. I I don't know how many times I've heard a message or done a Bible study on this topic and present ourselves. And of course, it says, therefore, so it's pivotal, right? Uh, The first eight chapters of Romans, you remember the theology, it's all about salvation and why we, our sin problem and why we need Jesus and what God has done for us. And then chapters 9 to 11 about the, God's provision for Israel. And then we get to 12.1 where it's that hinge. Therefore, because of what God has done for us, do something different. And what is that? Present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Um, a sacrifice, not an animal, not something dead, but living, complete, whole, not holding back, nothing hidden. Yield everything to God's glory. We sang about that just a little a while ago. Lord, I give you my heart. I prepare my heart, and we desire that. A couple of questions. How does God get pleasure from a sacrifice? Have you thought about that? Why does God want a sacrifice? Well, just briefly in the Old Testament, there's lots of different answers perhaps to that question. But people had to give of something of value, and it showed the worthiness or the worth of God, and they exalted God, right? It cost them something. Uh, it cost God something when Jesus was the sacrifice. And it costs us something, certainly, when we give our lives, right? Um, that's one part. A second question What does being a living sacrifice have to do with relationships? Good question. What does 12.1, verse 1, have to do with the rest of this chapter? Well, I think it's this. Our acceptable sacrifice we present to God is how we conduct ourselves out in the world, out in our family, out in our community. And that's where we're headed today. How we relate with one another, how we serve one another, is really how we're serving and pleasing God, right? You know, maybe I, I, te- I don't know about you, but I tend to forget that sometimes. How I'm talking with my brother or sister or my friend or my family, I'm really honoring or dishonoring God right then, right? So I want to worship God. I, I look at how I'm relating with others. Now let's go to verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in light of what God has done, don't fit into the, re- into the world standards. Instead, be transformed how? By changing your mind, how you think is going to mean a whole lot about how we then speak and live, right? To be radically transformed, well, who is the greatest radical of all time? It was Jesus. He turned everything head over heels, right? Um, Everything kind of counterintuitive in a lot of ways, not to be selfish, but more selfless, giving rather than taking, all of those things. Radical relationships, then, is how we can and how we need to be different. So let's look at four ways how our relationships can be transformed. The first one, radical attitude. This may seem some of these things. Well, I know you've got your, your outline there. You can fill If you're a blank filler in there, there's, there's blanks for you, right? If not, that's okay. Um, an attitude of selflessness. Back to verse 2, uh, we're called to have non-worldly thinking, to not conform to the world's values. And what is the kind of the, the reversion we revert back to? Thinking about selves, taking care of me, right? Isn't that kind of 
That's the bumper cars mentality, right? I'm just doing my thing. Um, Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Do not merely look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. We're called this radical relationship not to conform to society's ways, how, uh, how they live, but we put others first. And isn't that how relationships thrive? See, if I'm in a relationship, I'm taking care of me, you're taking care of you, that's not really a relationship, right? I've got a client right now, uh, um, and uh, he wants a relationship, but he kind of wants it on his terms, and he kind of wants to set the rules and different things, and we don't call that really a relationship. It's a little bit more of manipulation, something like that, and then he kind of wonders why uh, his partner doesn't exactly like that. In addition to an attitude of selflessness, let's think about an attitude of humility. Verse 3 in our passage, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has given you. What is humility? It's knowing who you are and who you aren't. Who you are? You're God's child. You're loved by God. Who you aren't, you're not the only one in the room, right? Yeah, yeah the, the world doesn't revolve around you. Um, that's what we have to kind of remember. God put us in community, in families, in different places, and humbly recognizing there's somebody else. How does humility impact relationships? Verse 16 says, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low positions. Do not be conceited. Hmm, I don't know if anyone would, would like to admit I'm conceited. You know, we, we, that's, that's a negative value, right? We don't, we don't want to be that. Don't focus so much on yourself. It isn't really about you. Um, there's a church uh, uh, I used to uh, go to um, and, and do some counseling. and They had actually, one of the things they, they wrote over their uh, door as they went out is, it's so not about you. <laughs> That was their motto for a while. Um, it's really about the Lord, but it's also how we serve and love others. When I don't worry about what others think of me, when I don't have to worry about where I stand in status, when I'm not comparing, none of us I know would compare ourselves, we're above them. But if, uh, if I don't have to worry about those things, it's freedom, right? I don't have to worry about what they think. I don't have to worry about where I stand, how much money I make, or how much stuff I got, or what other people are impressed. I'm just free to love, free to serve. It's a beautiful thing. Um, kids will uh, remember this. Years ago, we went as a family when our kids didn't live in Tucson. We lived up in Phoenix. Um, uh, we went as a family to serve a Thanksgiving dinner at the Salvation Army down downtown Phoenix. And we showed up, and it was Interesting, because we had to um, sign up way in advance. The spots were coveted to be able to serve. And so we got there, and all four of us were there. And they gave us, showed us the drill, what you're going to do. And then uh, uh, I remember just before the people were let in to, to be served, uh, one lady stands up and she says, I get the green beans. I always serve the green beans. She ran over and grabbed the spoon. <laughs> the focus wasn't so much about how she could serve, but what she was going to get out of it instead. Of course, we wouldn't do that, but uh, uh, when we don't have to focus about what I'm getting out of it, but just how God's love is, can flow through me, then I'm free. We also can have an attitude of hope. 
Verse 12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. That optimistic attitude that even when things are tough, God is at work. Um, We know a lot of stories of people here that have gone through tough stuff. And we still have the hope. We know God is at work. And I, I think a lot about these days, I think a lot, we've already entered into heaven. We may not quite experience it fully yet, but we're already in the realm of, of walking with God in heaven. And uh, so uh, that's an attitude of hope. Well, on this first one, this, 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 this radical attitude, how do you change your attitude? It's easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> or is it impossible? Well, probably neither, but I, I uh, work out. You, know, you may not think so, but I, I work out about three times a week, and uh, I try to watch, most of the time, I try to watch what I put into my body and how much I exercise, and, and that's the goal, right? And hopefully we're spiritually fit also. We're getting fit with, uh, with, with God's word. What you put into your mind is going to uh, make a big impact on your attitude. Would you agree? Have you noticed, I don't want to complain about media or all kinds of different politics, have you noticed in our society it seems like we have an angry society? It's sad. And I don't want to go down the political role or all the different things. But partly I think that people are angry because of what they put into their minds. Um... I was just thinking of this. What do I listen to? Do I listen to the newscast or do I listen to the good news? Do I, listen, do I look at Facebook or do I think about faith? Is it more about gossip or is it more about God? Do I listen to podcasts or do I go to prayer? What I put into my mind will definitely improve or change my attitude. Would you agree? So what we fill our minds with, that will affect us. Want to change your attitude? Start something today. I have a friend. He's uh, started a gratitude diary. Every day he tries to get up and it's 10 genuine things he can give thanks for. Um, to have your daily quiet time. Get back there if you haven't done it recently. I made an application uh, I'm working on this year. I read God's word before I re- read other people's words in the morning. I know I'm, good, I'm an avid reader, so I, I'm going to read I need to read God's word first. I need to change my attitude and have it radically different than what I've experienced in the world. Amen? So a radical attitude, we need to go on to a radical awareness. A radical awareness is aware of others in the body and not just thinking about myself. Verses 4 to 5, we already read part of it. Uh, each of us has a, has a body but we're, we're with many members, so also these members do not have the same function. So we in Christ... We have many, uh, many different members, many different parts, but they function together. We need each other. We know this, the theory, right? Uh, the, the heart, the leg, the brain, all those other parts. And we know that through we need each other as, as a body of Christ. Do we believe it? Uh, do we count on one another? Do, do, we, do we interact with each other? And then beyond this... Your, your, your smaller community with your family or the, the people that are in your life. Do we really believe that? Back to this idea of bumper cars. Um, maybe it's just our, our Western society or America as a whole. One of the values that I grew up with, I think, is that we're self-reliant. 
that the sense of independence. We have a we have a holiday, Independence Day, right? Uh, where where I depend on um, pull, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and all those things, and I think maybe that quickly leads to a default where you focus on yourself. I should I shouldn't say you. I say where I focus on myself. Excuse me. Um, but just like we heard in Philippians 2, don't merely think about your own interests. Have that default where you're also thinking about others. This is something you pray about, you get God's word in, and you have an, an attitude, and then you have an awareness where you're pursuing, what, what about this person or this person? Where maybe you focus and, and really seek what's going on with him or with her. To make a concerted effort to not just think of yourself. Um, one time I was at a... a conference with other pastors and we were kind of in the coffee time meet and greet and uh, we were talking pastor asked me a question Uh, I'm not condemning pastors Uh, and uh, right in the midst of my answer his head went like this he saw somebody he wanted to talk to more than me and he took off Um, you know that happens to all of us maybe but that we have focus Uh, that we zero in eye contact just some practical things, how you can lift up one another, to be aware of one another and also of one another's values. Verses 6 and 8 tell us we have different gifts, uh, and it goes on to talk about the gifts of prophecy, the gift of faith, the gift of serving, the gift of teaching, encouraging, giving, and mercy. And if we believe that each member has value and we recognize them, not just the people that stand up front, or perform, but we, we value each one of them. And whether it's the little tiny children running out uh, outside after service, or whether it's the, the children's workers, or whether it's somebody behind the scenes that's here, that we also recognize at, in our homes that we have value and that our, mem- our other people have value. To not take them for granted, but take them special. The next thing is interesting. So radical attitude, Radical awareness, and now a radical avoidance. Most counselors talk about trying to avoid avoidance, right? Um, but this is something, that, and, and we say that Christianity isn't a bunch of do's and don'ts. But sometimes there are some don'ts. Sometimes there are some things we should not do. It's not good for us. It's not good for others. Here's a few of them, and it's a little bit of a grocery list. Verses 19 and 20. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. In contrary, God says, if, if the enemy is, is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. When I was studying this passage and I heard the thing about revenge, I thought, huh, no problem here, right? I am not, not waking. Well, think a little bit more about that. I may not be overtly taking revenge. I'm going to do something terrible. But if you're wronged, isn't that that little thought in your mind to say, huh, I'll get even with him, or, you know, we'll, we'll fix this later, or that passive-aggressive thing. And um, what happens to you if you start going down that road where you want to get even, where you want to get back in some way? You want to even the score. Not good, is it? It's, it's resentment. It's anger. It's even bitterness. Friends, don't go down that road. It doesn't take us. Instead... Um, serve and love. It goes on in this passage. What's the next ones? Um, it says, verse 21, do not overcome evil with evil. Don't be filled with evil, but overcome evil with good. 
Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful, verse 17. Do what is right. Hate what is evil. And then verse 14, I like this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Um, When you get a little frustrated, remember this one. Don't curse. (laughs) Remember God is still there. There's a common theme, isn't there? Avoid evil. Avoid revenge. Instead, bless, serve, help. Want to know how to turn a relationship around? Bless and serve and love them. Like Tim McGraw saying, always be humble and kind. Be kind. Reach out to them. And then come we, the last thing we have is radical action. And again, several different things. And I know that when I read this, this chapter, each time I read it, it's like different things stick out, right? One, one time this verse, and maybe that's what you're hearing today. Maybe one thing you'll take away from and say, huh, he said a lot of stuff, but I'm going to hang on to this one thing. Um, the first one is the action of love. Love must be sincere. Be devoted to one another in love. Can you think of anything more Christ-like, more God-honoring than to love someone even when they don't deserve it? To be genuine and to be authentic? Can you think of that? Uh, a couple of, uh, This past week, our car has been doing some interesting things. Um, I think of it kind of the twilight zone. It's kind of doing this ooh, kind of wheezy, wheezy whenever we turn on the air conditioner. It says turn on the air conditioner, but what's coming out is kind of more hot air than cold. Don't you hate that when, when you don't get the real stuff? Um, we like authenticity. We like real love. Um, John 13, verse 35, Jesus said, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. God's unmerited favor. He gives it to us and we give it to others. The action of love. What does our society need more than anything else? Love. Love love them unconditionally. Reach out to them. Love in action. I don't want to get into big debates, but it seems to me like more people are one to Jesus through, through simple acts of love than no matter how many different arguments I can bring. They, they want to be accepted and loved. That's how we connect. Radical relationships. The action of love, the action of honor. Verse 10, honor one another above yourselves. And when you honor someone else, you recognize their worth. And when you honor someone else, you're honoring Jesus because he, uh, that person is a child of God. It's your acceptable worship. Then we come to the action of zeal, Z-E-A-L, zeal. We don't talk a lot about that except maybe. uh, And it says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I take from this motivation. um, And uh, some of us have a motivation problem about certain things. Um, The past couple of weeks, we were dog-sitting. Uh, Andy's uh, dog, Bentley. And Bentley's a great dog. Uh, he was, uh, and by the way, ask Andy about his, uh, his bicycle trip around the whole island of Iceland. Lots of miles. Ask him about that. It's quite an experience. So we sat home and dog sit in 110 degree heat up in Phoenix. Uh, but Bentley is a great dog and he's everybody's friend and he has lots of energy, except sometimes when we go on a walk. We get about halfway around the block, and he's, he's saying, he's not really saying, but he's saying, it's too far, it's too hot, I can't do this, and dragging, dragging, dragging. 
course, if there's a good bush to sniff, he's all over that, right? Or if there's a new friend that he sees, well, and everybody's his friend, he sees him walking, he's got lots of energy. Um, Bentley has a little bit of a motivation problem sometimes, <laughs> right? And I hate to admit it, sometimes I have a little bit of a motivation. And that's why we come back to 12 verse 1. What God has done for me, that's my motivation. What Jesus has done for me, that's my motivation. Not because you deserve to be loved, right? Um, but yes, you do, uh, because God wants you to be loved there. The action of honor, the action of love, the action of zeal. And then the action of uh, generosity is in verse 13. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Verse, uh, Luke 6, verse 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Press down, shaken together, running over. For with the measure you give, that's what you receive in return. Great promise, isn't it? Because you can't outgive God. It's not just about an offering plate. It's about giving your best to God. We're called to be generous. These are all ways about radical relationship. And then we have the action of caring, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. To be aware of people's needs and to allow it to be safe and to comfort. Sometimes just to give space there. And finally, we have the action of peace. Verse 16 says, live in, live in harmony with one another. Matthew 5, verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Verse 18 in this chapter says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Are you at peace today? Are you at peace with God? Do you have enough space in your life where you come to peace with God? Sometimes I need to confess my sins. Sometimes it's just thankfulness. Are you at peace with your past, with yourself, accepting yourself how God's made you? Are you at peace with other people? And then are you, are you promoting peace? Are you a peacemaker? These are all ways that we have radical relationships where we promote and we, act, we, we love in different ways. And we can choose today. This grocery list I just listed, love fervently, generously, tenderly, sincerely, peacefully. So let me add, come wrap this up. So how do we do this? Let's go back to verse 1. I think I've got it there. Uh, remember what God has done for us. Out of thankfulness... Brothers and sisters, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Remembering what God has done for me, I give it to others. It's just flowing. That's the channel, right? Channels of blessings, and that's what we're doing. And we can choose day by day and moment by moment. We can create new habits in our relationships where they're radically different, where they're blessed by God, and you can start today. This is your true and acceptable worship. Amen. So we've, we've heard the word, and um, the word's supposed to impact our hearts. And as Tom shared, it impacts the way we relate to each other in the body of Christ and as well as the world so that they can see that there is something else for us. The table every week is a reminder of what he has done that then empowers us and motivates us and presses us into the things that he's called for us to do. If you're visiting this morning, um,
the, uh, the table, if, if you know the Lord, there is a seat at that table with your name on it. And there's a station here, a cracker station at the side, another station in the back. And as we sing, we come forward um, and we break off from that one loaf and we dip it in the cup and remember Jesus. So as we sing, um, we will do that together. Go ahead and pray with me as we bring these elements before the Lord and before one another. Righteous God, we remember in this supper the perfect sacrifice offered once on the cross by the Lord Jesus for the sin of the world and our own. And in the joy of his resurrection and in expectation of his return, this morning we offer ourselves to you as living and holy sacrifices and together around the table proclaim the mystery of faith. So as we gather around, Lord, send your Holy Spirit upon us that the bread we break and the cup with which we bless may be to us the communion of the body and blood of Christ. And grant that being joined together in him, we may attain to the unity of the faith. And as we heard, that we would grow up in all things into Christ our Lord. And as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these grapes from many hills into one cup, grant, O Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. We say that together. Amen.